0: Welcome to Life Without Secrets. Do you often find yourself comparing your life to your friends on social media? You see the glamour, the success, the perfect family, the perfect kids, the awesome vacations. But what's really behind the highlight reel? In Life Without Secrets, we are going to dive deep and reveal the secrets, struggles, and strategies people have used in real life to get to who they are now and who they are becoming. Because the truth is, nobody is perfect and you are never alone in what you're going through. So don't forget to subscribe to the show because it's time to connect on a deeper level and grow together.
1: Today we have a very special guest with us who is also near and dear to my heart, Kelly Kilpatrick. And I'm just going to tell you right now, this one is going to be one that everyone needs to hear and pass along as you think about setting your goals for 2024. Kelly Kilpatrick is a distinguished expert in navigating college and career journeys. With over three decades of experience in senior leadership roles at top universities like Duke, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M, Kelly has significantly impacted the lives and careers of hundreds of thousands of people globally. As a strategic management consultant for various colleges and universities, Kelly has walked alongside students from around the world, helping them navigate the college admission and financial aid processes. But Kelly's expertise doesn't stop there. She extends her guidance to individuals like myself, exploring new careers or pursuing new goals. Whether you're a student or someone navigating a career transition Or just need help putting together those dreams and goals you have been waiting inside of you. Kelly's Where You Belong method is designed to help you land where you belong to truly thrive. Join us right now as we dive into Kelly's wealth of experience, insights, and her passion for empowerment, growth, and belonging. Let's learn from her expertise and transform our own journeys as we step into 2024. Kelly, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Jill, thank you so much. Just hearing you say all of those things makes me say, that's not me. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you'll see that Kelly is like one of the most humble people for what she does. She is just like a wealth of knowledge and has helped me so much in my own journey. I literally just feel like giddy inside to have this conversation because we've known each other for about a year, but she's actually been helping me on my own goals um, this whole fall for getting like planning done for like, what is 2024 really going to look like? And it's just been so helpful. I was like, we got to, we got to do a podcast about this. This is so good. So, you know, it's like, I've always been this planner and I have this like long to-do list and I know these things that I want to get done. And I think that I can speak for a lot of people when I say this is like, we're like, I want to be here in five years or I want to be this in one year, you know? And then we get to that one year mark or we get to that five year mark and you're like. Well, how come I didn't end up there? You know? And so, right? Like, we can all relate to that in some way, shape, or form. And so, you've really helped me with like breaking down steps, numbers, processes. You've also helped me feel in my heart that I can do this. And so, I think those are just really important things that I want other people listening to this to walk away with as well. Like, the way that I feel going into 2024, like I want to encourage everybody listening to feel the same way. So I wanted to start by talking about how does someone begin the process of setting goals?
2: Yeah, so it's it feels daunting if you've never done it before. And what I would say about it, though, is that it's more simple than you think. You just have to lean in. Jill, with you and I, uh, we went through like four or five really simple steps. And we started, if you remember, it wasn't that long ago when we started this process. We started by, I encouraged you to reflect on your FY 2023 year uh, and begin to project uh, just for planning purposes, uh, end of year. Uh, trajectory in, in quarter four. And there were three things that I asked you to do. First, begin by reviewing your stated goals for FY 2023, if you had them. And if you didn't have them, that's okay. That's okay. And take stock of your achievements. Like We want to really reflect on what we got done. What did we achieve? Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll go through a month, like we're already at the middle of the month of November, and I'll get to the end, the end of the month, and I'll go, I'm not exactly sure that I did a lot. But when I pause, and I actually carve out time during the month to do this at the end of the month. I have a day when I've, I've, I've carved out that time. I call that time blocking, where I actually reflect on the month, and I take stock of the things that I've achieved, and it's really impactful. Like, sometimes you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, I did a lot. I did a lot. And then assess what worked well and what didn't work well. So that's step number one on reflecting. And I know you did
1: that. You did that really well.
2: well.
1: (laughs) Hey, I try to go all in, Kelly. (laughs) You do go all in.
2: You do go all in. The second one is a little bit more difficult for some folks, and it's uh, reflecting on your financials, right? You got to take a look at the money take stock of your sources of revenue the cash flow all of the the revenue that came in uh, take stock of your sources of expenses and determine your net profit margin or loss for fy 2023
1: yeah and you know what i actually got a piece of paper well it actually ended up being lots of pieces of paper but and i went through every credit card every bank account and i wrote down every single like expense i had just to see like what was coming in, what was coming out. And so I knew exactly what I spent money on every month. And I particularly highlighted things that were an every month thing, like for the whole year, like this is what I spent. And so, and then it was, it was part of my process and it was really helpful to see it on, on paper for me.
2: Yeah, it is really helpful to see it on paper. And I think too seldom we are doing that, through a very open lens, like we, you got it, you got to take stock of it all. Like you can't pick and choose; you have to take stock of it all. Because at the end of the day, if we're if we're well, it depends on what our goals are. But if one of your goals is to generate net profit margin, net profits, then if we're not doing that, we need to take inventory of where we're where what needs to change. You know, take inventory of what needs to change. The next thing that we do and I, I love this exercise, is I have folks do what I refer to. Not, this is not a kelly but but what, what is done often in strategic planning is a start-stop-keep exercise. So basically, after you've reflected on the first two steps that I've outlined, reflecting on uh, your achievements and uh, the entire fiscal year and reflecting on your financials, Then you really start to take a look at what am I doing now that, or what am I not doing now that I should start doing? This is a brand new opportunity. Um, What am I doing now that I really need to stop doing? Like these are taking time and energy and not contributing to your goals. Now, they may be things that you enjoy. They may be things that you enjoy a lot, but they, if they're not contributing to your goals then we really need to evaluate whether or not we should continue to do them or should we stop. And then the other thing is, what what am I doing now that I need to keep and maybe refine or elevate? These are what we would refer to as bright spots. And that whole start, stop, keep exercise can help you to determine
1: what your priorities would be next year. Yeah. And you know what is so funny? This was one of the hardest things for me. Really? It really was because like I just, there were so many things that I wanted to do, but then there wasn't enough stuff that I wanted to stop because I'm really not like a Netflix and chill type of person. You know, whatever that means. I probably say that wrong. It probably means something that I don't know about. Yeah,
2: um, you're good.
1: (laughs) It just literally means Netflix and chill for me. Okay, guys. (laughs) Um, like I, I don't do a lot of that, you know, and I don't could be like, Hey, you are going to spend 30 minutes on social media a day and that's it, you know, because this is taking up too much of your time, you know? But I think that it was just something, um, of self-awareness exercise for me that was like, okay, Jill, like, you know, I think there's many of us that want to keep adding things to our plate, but then we're not willing to take things away. And I think that that is a huge place where people get burnt out. You know, like they're not aware enough to know, like, if I am going to start this and this is going to take this much time, like, what can I also take away from that, you know, is less of a priority to me and is not contributing to my goal? Yeah.
2: And in my experience of you too is that you're so good at so many things as well and want to be professionally. And then personally, you want to be fully present for your kids that you're, you're trying to do so many things as if that is the one thing that's in your life. and And that's hard to do. It's really hard to do. As a matter of fact, it's impossible to do as, as we all know. And so what we've, what's really hard is to prioritize what are our non-negotiables? What are our non-negotiables? And in this strategic planning process too, it's, and we'll get to this in a minute, but in a, in a, in a year, there's only so many things that you really should make a as a goal that you should be focusing on. And so there's a difference in planning for next year and planning over a five to 10 year time horizon. So right now we're just talking about the short-term annual planning process. We're sitting in twenty four three, and we want to look ahead at our priorities for 2024. How do we do that? That's what I'm outlining right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And each one of those has just been so amazing. The other exercise that we did was the one that was like internal factors versus external factors. Yes, that was the
2: SWOT analysis too. Yeah. The uh, so strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats.
1: Yeah. And I found that really helpful too. Another way to become aware of these things, right? Where you are you have to map out your strengths, your weaknesses, external factors like what opportunities are there in 2024 like get really think big and one of the things you really encouraged me through this process was to think big and be bold you know and you know sometimes I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one where you know we do carry this kind of level of self-doubt or like we question ourselves when we have these big goals yeah. and um you know, see those, see those opportunities and think big about them. And I think that was a really big thing that you helped me do, Kelly, in, you know, planning this process. So I think like, you know, having someone in your corner when you're doing this is just, it's been a really big game changer for me, just to be honest with everybody.
2: So let's talk for a minute. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop you and I want to talk for a minute about this whole uh, thinking big and being bold. Because when we're going through the planning process, and again, I mentioned that we're thinking about just 2024. After we've gone through all this, I did encourage you. The, the one thing is is thinking about where do you want to be in three to five years or five to 10 years? Where do you want to be in three to five years or five to 10 years? And I really, you were good at this. I didn't, we don't want to, I don't want anybody to be limited by what they think that they can achieve, right? Because if we think big, if we think really big and we fall a little short of that, we're still doing great. So I'll give you an example of something that someone shared with me one time that was, that was really a mindset change for me. They said um, too few women, especially, that are women entrepreneurs have on the the horizon, the long-term horizon or short-term, a goal of generating a million dollars worth of revenue. Like that just sounds like a lot to a lot of people, right? And so generating a million dollars worth of revenue and then they challenged me to do an exercise. And the exercise was take out your calculator and uh, figure out what your average uh, cost per product or client packet, whatever it is that you do, and take a million dollars, put that in, put that in your calculator and divide it by your average the average cost of your product services or what have you. And what most people will find is that the num the the number that you end up with is less scary than you think it is, and it looks a lot more achievable than you ever thought possible. So, say for example, if someone is doing a coaching program, and I've, I've got my phone right here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up. If someone's doing a coaching program this is a great exercise. This is a great mental exercise. In their coaching program, let's just say for purposes of this conversation, their coaching program is $5,000 per client. So in order to reach a million dollars, how many clients in a year, if that's all they did, would they need to reach a million dollars of revenue? That's 200 clients. Okay. That's not that far away. Like that's not very unachievable. Like like, that's an achievable goal.
1: Because then you could do like 200, right? And divide it by 12, which is how many you'd have a month. And that's 16. Right. About. Right. Yeah.
2: And so what I have started to to shift is, you know, my goal is to generate a million dollars worth of revenue. And I know I'm gonna achieve that. Now I will tell you another thing that I learned really recently that was it was a game changer for me. Because I was recently at a at a mastermind, a day-long mastermind, and there was this young man that came in that has has in very recent times started generating a tremendous amount of revenue. And I asked him, I said, if I wanted to do what you're doing in the context of revenue generation, what would be the top three things you would tell me to start doing today? And the number one thing was, he said, change your lens. Don't focus on how much you're going to make. Focus on how much you're going to give away. That hit me, in, and I've heard this before in a, in said to me in different ways. That that hit me in a way that had had never hit me before. Uh, and so, if you think about incorporating into your business strategy a goal of giving away ten percent of the revenue that you make, and if you have a goal of generating a million dollars worth of revenue right Then if you flip that and say next year, I'm going to give away a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to donate a hundred thousand dollars and then you track that, that is a that is a mindset. and And basically what he said, which is which is true, right, is that it when you give when you give it away, it just comes back to you. It just does. Right, And so more is going to come back if you focus on what you're going to be giving away. And so I wanted to be sure today to share that with you and with your audience because there may be someone that's listening who, who that hits different, the way that it hit differently with me as we're going into 2024. And there are so many people out there with so much need and those of us that have the ability to give back and contribute to them, if maybe that could become a higher priority. It's always been a priority for me, but for me now, it's a higher priority than it's ever been. It's the way I'm going to 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 measure my uh, revenue generation success. Does that wow. make sense?
1: Yes, it makes absolute sense. And exactly. I love that. I, I, I don't think... I have actually heard that, that, I mean, I know that I've heard that too, but it really hit me right now.
2: It hits you. It hits it. It hits you. It get, that day, it gave me chills and it, which I knew in that moment that it was going to be a game changer for me for the, for the upcoming year.
1: Well, I want to, I want to go like a little different direction. What do you think is a huge reason people don't reach their goals?
2: What you guys don't know about me that I'm about to share is that while I have had this illustrious career that Jill spoke about in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. I grew up a farmer's daughter. There are some things that I learned growing up as the kid of a farmer that are really my observation through my years of experience are still reasons today why people don't accomplish their goals. So I'm going to share this with you in the context of of, through that lens. I think the first one is not adapting quickly enough to the current context. And I learned this as a farmer's daughter, because there were seasons on the farm, there was the season of growth and there was the season of, um, crops and things being dormant, you know? So there are things that you need to do during the dormant time to get the soil ready and to prepare for the planting season, which will lead into the growing season. And all of that is predictable. But what is not predictable is the weather. What's not predictable or controllable, and maybe it is predictable, I mean, it depends on, but, but it's what's not controllable is the weather. And so I remember as a small girl, it didn't matter what we were doing. If my dad came home at Noon from the field to eat lunch, or at nighttime for dinner, Uh, we had to watch the evening news. And we weren't watching the evening news to catch the news stories. The only thing that we were waiting for was the weather forecast. Now, mind you, this was back in the day before (laughs) iPhones and weather apps and those kinds of things. But we were, my dad was front and center when it came to the weather forecast because even though he had a plan during that that let's say it was his planting season and his growing season even though he knew kind of what the normal rhythm of that season was whatever the weatherman said that night was going to dictate what he was going to do the following day and the weatherman may have been right and may have been wrong right but it was a guide and and I saw my father like on Christmas mornings while we had planned to open up gifts if something happened with the weather or with a a cow that was or a heifer that was delivering a baby that day if they needed something he had to adapt and he and we had to adapt as a family real quick and so I think not adapting quickly enough to the current context is, a really big reason, uh, a really big source of why people don't achieve their goals. So that that's what I say yeah. number one. The other, the second one that I would say that I learned from my dad is patience. Right, growing things takes time. Growing growing crops takes time, and you can't rush that up or you know, you can't speed it up or slow it down. It just, it takes time. And so impatience, I think is a, is a really big reason why we don't, we just don't give them enough time.
1: Yeah. And I think that the problem too, that I see with that is that you know, social media will have us think that like somebody started at, you know, ground zero and went to ground 100,000 in like overnight, right? Like that's what we see, but that's not actually how it works. So it's such a good point to make.
2: Yeah. Such wise words, Jill, that the generations that are that are growing in this technology age don't have the... It, exactly the same view that I have. Now I'm a big fan of the current generations. I'm a (laughs) big fan of the current generations because I think that they're smart and they've got so many things that they're so good at. And I just, I just think that this technology revolutionary age that we're in is fascinating. Um, But I didn't grow up in that. And so uh, I do think that the current generations have to learn patience in ways that may be a little bit more difficult for them, right? Maybe, yeah. but, but yet I do have faith that it is possible to understand patience because regardless of what social media and technology has done, growing things still takes time. That doesn't change, right? A seed is still a seed. Growing things still takes time. A baby is still a baby. You give up too quick. I say the third thing, Jill, and I. Ac- I actually thought of four things because um, I see a lot of entitlement these days, um, and entitlement gets in the way of of people accomplishing their goals. But more importantly, consistency. Keeps people from accomplishing their goals. And I think this kind of also goes back to your do it quick, get, you know, do it quick, especially in the areas of financial management and money growing over time or um, weight loss or fitness and wanting people wanting a quick fix that this whole idea of consistency my father put his feet on the ground every single day and went to the field and it it impacted me he didn't get PTO he didn't have paid time off right and if he did you know if the heifer was having a calf and she was having a difficult time birthing uh, he was he was about to lose not one, but two of his assets on the farm. And so that that was urgent. That had an urgent need to it. And so I learned this whole idea of consistency and commitment. And that was really, that's really a big part of the core of who I am. And another reason why people don't accomplish their goals.
1: Yeah, they don't have enough of that. Yeah. Um th- I might be the only one, but like I actually didn't know that a heifer was a pregnant cow. Yeah. <laughs> Heifer's a female.
0: Yeah, i'm like I've heifer. heard I've heard
1: that word and like Sorry. a insulting type of term, but like I oh, just yeah. learned something no. new today. Like if I, I please somebody tell me I'm not the only one.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably not. And I apologize that I'm using I language that's not common. So a boy was the boy and the heifer is the girl. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. We could have so much fun all at the same time as talking about this. But it's such a great example, Kelly, like of the things that were true from a long time ago are still true today in just different um, areas of life of wherever we're at. And so I think that that that's huge. Is there any strategies that you kind of tell individuals to maybe help them maintain their motivation or momentum throughout that strategic planning process, especially when they're facing setbacks or challenges?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm a storyteller, so I have lots of stories to tell. This is why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) I have lots of stories to tell. And so there are a couple of stories that bubble. When you ask me that question, there's a couple of stories that bubble up that that I tell frequently. So these are not these are not new stories. But when my kids were small uh, and I, I have two children, two beautiful children, daughters, both daughters, one is twenty five and the other one is twenty two. And when they were young, when they were little kids, uh, they they would look at me whenever, and you're prob- you've probably experienced this too, Jill, they would look at me whenever they like spilled something on their clothes when they were attempting to like feed themselves or with they went outside on a rainy day and they fell down and got mud all over themselves. They would look at me. And when they looked at me, they were looking to see if, well, my reaction was going to be. Like, they were going to look to see, like, was I upset or was I angry? That Because oftentimes they had on nice clothes. I mean, I loved to dress my little girls up. Yeah. And, and so um, my response, so what they were looking for is they were looking for, like, the outcome to the thing that they just did, the challenge that they had just had been faced with. And my response was uh, was always... Often, I'm not going to say always, but my response was often, uh, and this has become a a, a saying in my family, in, between me and my husband and my two kids, was, don't worry, that's what they make washing machines for. <laughs> yeah. And so what I was doing in that moment was offering an alternative to an outcome that didn't quite go as planned. Right. And uh, what they began to learn is if they got dirty trying something, that's okay. That's what they make washing machines for. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is always when I coach people is just get dirty. Like do it dirty. Do, But do it. Do it dirty. Literally and metaphorically. And what these are, these are some reframing tactics. It's about the way that you see where you are and what you're doing. There's a reframing tactics. But it's so funny because uh, even now, you know, we have a, everybody has this, we have a five second rule, right? You drop something on the floor, you pick it up, it's not dirty. Because you get something on your clothes. Well, that's what they make washing machines for, right? But just do it. Just, you just have to do it. And, um, I guess that that kind of goes back to so much like perfectionism. Like we want to know exactly how to do things and get things exactly right. Think about my kids looking at me. We're looking at others for what their response is when we don't get things just right. And so, um, these are all reframing tactics. So just remember, um, that's what they make. They make washing machines. Yeah. Get dirty get, on, get
1: on up and keep going. On huh? on. Keep going. <laughs> Yeah. So I think too that, you know, another thing that I see is we all have these moments or days, sometimes longer, where we start questioning ourselves in the process and whether we're capable, whether we really belong on that stage with those people or at this college or in this job or building that business. What are some things you would say about that? Because I know that you're really big into belonging.
2: I am big into belonging, and there's a reason for that. I'm big into belonging uh, professionally, but I'm also a strong advocate for belonging personally. I tell the story from from in in all in my work, whether it's from stage or whether it's in my coaching or what have you. I tell the the story about the moment that I stepped on a plane from Raleigh, North Carolina to Dallas, Texas for what everyone around me thought was a just a regular visit home to see my parents. I was older. I was in my thirties. I didn't get married until late in life, but I was actually coming home to tell my parents, depression-born babies, um, that the man that I was uh, falling in love with, my current husband, my guy today was a black man, and I knew exactly how they had felt about that because that had been, that had been taught to me as a child. And, uh, but I also knew that, that my parents were a product of a world in which they were, they grew up. So it wasn't, they weren't intentionally racist. Right. Um, but I also knew that there, I was afraid of their reaction and my fears were definitely realized. And so I never questioned, though, their love for me because I knew that when you do the same, you stay the same. So I was presenting to them something that was like very different that 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 I knew was in conflict with their values that they taught me. But once I left home, I was able to adopt my own values and it was a part of my value set Mm -hmm. that um, that I knew was going to cause tremendous conflict. And so uh one of the things and and well, and so to the moral to the story won't leave you hanging, won't leave you hanging, over time they actually opened up their heart to give them a lot of credit. They opened up their heart and they grew to love him as the amazing son-in-law that he was. They have since passed. Uh, and so what I learned again from my mom and dad, and I've uh, I learned from my husband over and over and over again is to be open and to remain curious because at first my parents were very closed to the idea it was not something they ever wanted to be presented with and so they were really uh focused on their own experience and that was okay that was not being selfish that was just that's just what humans do and so uh they i wanted them when they became open And remained curious over time, they just grew to love him. And my brown family found warmth and belonging in my childhood home. And if that's not transformative, I don't know what is. You know, if that's not transformative, I don't know what is. So when it comes to belonging, that is not just something that I believe in because it's the right thing to do. It's something that I live every single day of my life. And often, Jill, we are looking for belonging um, outside of ourselves. We're seeking external sources to determine our own sense of belonging. And what I've learned, and I've heard you say this before, is what what I've learned and what I've lived, and what I know is that really belonging is largely an inside job. Right? Mm-hmm. But belonging was largely an inside job. And so what I what I knew when I stepped on that plane to go tell my mom and dad, share this the dirty family secret with my parents, is that that I was where I needed to be with at the time my boyfriend and I was inviting them along on the journey. I wasn't looking for their approval. Um but 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 the way in which that needed to happen had was very nuanced. It had to be done with a lot of love and a lot of care and a lot of respect because when we find ourselves at a crossroads where I wasn't sure that my husband would belong in our, or my boyfriend at the time would belong in our family. Right. But I, I knew that he could. If they made the transformation that needed to happen, because we were not needing, not going to make a transformation. Like I had already been through that process. And so it, we had to we had we had to it's it's been a it's been a long time since I've gotten choked up about this. You've done this to me uh, today, yeah. and I don't know why, because I literally told this story last week. but my parents loved me enough. To really lean in, to come face to face with the things that their parents had taught them, and um, they grew like they like, and so they adapt. This is a perfect example of adapting in the current context, right? Very late in life, adapting in the current context. And that is, when you're dealing with deep-seated values, that's like super hard to do. Um, and so for that was their inside job. right? That was their inside job. And so with me, um, there's a tremendous amount. my experience has has informed me has informed my knowledge and my wisdom that there's a tremendous amount of of impact that growth, personal growth has on belonging. Because take a look at my parents. When they grew, their ability to open up their heart and their home to us and where we all felt like then we belonged, it's expanded. It expanded the places where we belong. So the, 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 the moral here, the bottom line here is that when we, belonging is an inside job, largely. And when we as individuals grow, the places where we belong expands.
1: Love that. Yeah. What I hear you saying, Kelly, too, is like just to give like another perspective, too, is we when we feel and we know in our hearts that we belong in a certain place, whether it's on that stage or at that new job or in this college or within this relationship, we it's it's the inside job we do first. Right. And then by doing that and by going after those things we have on our hearts we are inviting others to go with us, right? And and that then expands because then that person almost like borrows that courage that that took you and implants it on themselves and then they get to grow. And it really goes back, this is just reminding me of like going back to being a farmer, right? Like when something grows and then it releases seeds and then those seeds get planted in the ground and then more flowers bloom or more trees grow from that one flower or that one tree, right? Like that's how it started. And that's, that's where my mind went, you know, in that, in that big story, you know, it was like, yeah, like, so, you know, doing the inside work on ourselves And knowing that like that dream was put on our hearts for a reason and going after that dream, regardless of like, cause I don't know about you, but like sometimes those things we, we go after in our life, the people that are most like inclined to resist it is those people closest to us, right? Like they're like, well, wait, I know you as this person and doing this thing and now you're doing something else. And I'm not sure I understand all of that. Right. And you know what that is? You know what that is?
2: It's fear. That's fear. I saw it. That's what it was with my parents, right? It was fear, fear, um, fear of rejection, right? It's it's fear of being left behind. It's this happens with first generation college students over and over and over again. A first generation college student is defined as a student who is going to college whose mother or father never achieved a high school their birth mother or father never achieved a high school degree i mean a college degree and so they don't have they don't have the experience and they don't have the context okay and so with a first generation college student when they are going away to be educated the family culture becomes threatened like you're going to become better than us. You're going to leave us behind, you know, all those things. So that the thing that you're talking, so it's whether it's anytime we are faced with um, circumstances or people or experiences that are unfamiliar to what our kind of um, how do we say this? Like, like our uh, path has been. It, it, it's a threat. It's a threat. It's a threat. And the one thing that I want to be sure that that I encourage your listeners to focus on through all of this, right, is their own growth. Is their own growth. And I've taken the word grow and turned it into um, a a methodology. Uh, G is go where there is no path. I certainly did that by choosing a Black man. I'm not saying that everyone has to choose someone of an opposite race as their life partner. But don't be afraid to go where there is no path. Um, the second one is the R is, uh, reframe your thoughts and expressions. Uh, This reframing tactic is what we did with our children when we said, oh, that's what they make washing machines for. Like reframe your thoughts and expressions. The O is for open your heart, Like That's what my parents did. They, uh, they eventually, it was not immediate. It took time, but they opened their heart and when they did that it was easier it was never easy for them but it was easier and the w of ingrow is welcome change and again that goes back to my dad sitting in front of the of the television watching the weather at night and changing what he would do the next day based on those elements that like he focused on everything he could control, but he had to adapt and flex to the elements that he was not in control of. So welcome change and adapt quickly. That's grow. G R O W. I
1: I love that. I'm going to write that down right now and um, put it next to my desk because it's so important. And I think, you know, flexibility is like one of the main ingredients in like having resilience And and also just like having energy, you know, like when we when we are not flexible, we let whatever that is, we're not being flexible, just drain our inner batteries. And then we're not able to show up and accomplish our goals. You know, like in order to really accomplish things, we do have to have a level of flexibility, you know, in order to know that, like, okay that happened, you know, but wash your clothes, you know. (laughs) <laughs> you know and be able to go after those those big goals that we have and you know something else um that I wanted to point out we kind of touched on like how you know like having these big goals and you know also wanting to you know make sure that my family is a priority to me and that being a goal and all that and the thing I want to say about that is like when we did our, my strategic planning for next year, you know, I have these four or five big goals and Kelly, you really helped me like spread this out in a strategic manner so that I could still make my family that main priority and have time there too. So like when you're looking at it for, as in, you know, the whole year perspective and all these goals, like. You know, maybe quarter one is for this goal and that will take you to quarter two, which is, you know, throwing in this goal. And, you know, because eventually they're all going to go together.
2: That's right. So the way that we want to focus on that is, number one, is we're planning for the outcomes that we will be sitting at the end of 2024. We're going to look back. We're gonna see all of the little milestones that we achieved along the way, that 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 accomplished the big annual goals. Okay. And if you start off, if you start with the end in mind, you can't. I always start with the end in mind. And in this annual planning process, the end in mind is end of two thousand and twenty-four. And once we know what the annual goals are, then we can break those down into quarterly objectives, and we can take the quarterly objectives and narrow them down further into monthly tasks, and then we can take the monthly task and break them into weekly priorities, and that makes, it takes an elephant and kind of helps us to know how are we going to how are we going to eat the elephant one bite at a time? And so, if you if you try to enter into twenty twenty four without that roadmap, because that's what that strategic plan is, without that roadmap, it's much more difficult to do. You're going to get a lot of things accomplished. There's no doubt about that. And by the way, the roadmap may change. Like the the roadmap may need to change along the way because we may. Find that a road has been closed unexpectedly for whatever reason, and we need to may, maybe be flexible and adaptable and take a different path, or maybe that wasn't the right goal. Maybe something has happened in the world, and we need to, like COVID, <laughs> that was very disruptive, you know. And so um, we're ju- all we're doing is starting off with a roadmap. Back in the day, again, back before they had iPhones with GPS. There were literally, I don't know how many of your listeners can, can relate to this, but there were actually big old maps, like oh yes, books and maps. Yep. <laughs> and so when my family would go on a, on a vacation, I remember us sitting down with the map and we were tracking what our journey was going to look like in those few instances when we took a family vacation because my father didn't take very many of them. Uh, And so that's what the strategic planning process is doing for you. It's it's sitting down and saying, I'm I'm sitting in Texas and I'm going to be I'm going to go to Disney World this summer. And how are we how are we going to get there? And it's you don't do that. You don't just start off on a vacation, get in a car. Most people don't. Some people may. (laughs) but Most people like have a plan. On a, on a, on a family vacation. Like these are the things that this is how we're going to get there. This is, these are the things we're going to do while we're there. Uh, if you're going to Disney, you're certainly maximizing your day because you've got day passes, you know, Nowadays, and so it's taking that, it's taking that whole process and it's just wrapping it around your business and you're going to make changes along the way. But you're not going to start 2024. And Jill, I'm so proud of you because you are not going to start 2024 without your roadmap. And I am so proud of the work that you, like you really leaned in and you did. I mean, we're still working on it. It's it's still a work in progress. We're not done yet. But you are going to be able to know when you wake up on January 1, you're going to know what you're going to do in January and you're not going to wing it. And you've got some financial goals that is going to hopefully turn into impact goals, um, where you are going to make huge strides. Like I just know it. You you can't, this is not my, my mother was an English teacher. She will, I feel her presence right now. You you can't not succeed. (laughs) You can't not succeed. Um, because you have a plan and there will be bumps along the way. And guess what? I'm going to be right by your side. I'm going to be right there with you.
1: And that has such, that's such an important piece. Uh, just out of honesty, you know, like having people in your corner that are like cheering you on and helping you through is just, it's huge for me. Like, huge. And just like I said, like sometimes like those family members or those friends that you've had that you're going on this growth journey and they don't really understand where you're at and where you're going, you know? And so having those people that make you feel like, girl, if you don't feel like you belong today, I'm going to make you feel that way. You know, like I'm going to believe in you. Like, you know, what was it? Like a couple weeks ago, I'm like, oh my goodness, like my kids are out early every day this week. Like, how am I supposed to get this stuff done? You know? And you were like, well like what's the solution like do you need a babysitter like it wasn't like a problem focused it was like solution focused and so often we can get stuck in that cycle of problem focused you know and so having somebody that is like wise and like a part of your journey and a part of your goals for me is just huge because it's like you get to see a little bit of a different perspective on that day that you're you're stuck you know cuz I, I like to think that I am, I'm very goal-driven. I'm, you know, I'm a go-getter. Um, I do the things, but we all have those days. I'm a human being, you know? And so having people in your corner to just be like, girl, you're killing it. Just wash your clothes. <laughs> I'm going to say that now.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what they make washing machines for. That's what they make washing machines for. Yeah, machines yeah. For. yeah. So I, I agree with you, like, but I will, but I want, and I, and I want to add something to it that it's not just about having cheerleaders for me, because I want people who are going to challenge me to, uh, to do more than I think I can do. Right. And because there are sometimes there are days when I wake up and I just don't, I don't feel like I'm capable that day. And it's a, it's a, it's a it's a quick reminder from someone that, you know, you've got goals. You, you can't, you can't, you can't do this today. Like you, you may want to take a day, but you're not going to take longer than a day. And yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, I do want the cheerleaders in my life, but I also want people in my life that are going to, to hold me to a much higher standard as well. And that's part of what, you know, I, we have an accountability group and that's part of what this accountability group does.
1: Yep, exactly. So, well, I just so appreciate you sharing all of this on here, Kelly. How can people find you, connect with you, work with you? Like this has just been so valuable for me and so I just had to have you on here.
2: Well, I appreciate it, Jill. I I focus in, a co- in several areas. Given my breadth of experience in higher ed institutions, my management consulting with higher ed institutions, and then also helping individual clients globally to navigate their college and career journeys, I really would be honored if anyone in your um, network, mm-hmm. which I know is very broad and very vast... Uh, was interested in someone to walk alongside them. Currently, I am available primarily on social media. I'm in the process frankly, of developing a website, but I haven't needed you know, haven't needed one up to this point in time. but folks can find me on Facebook. On as Kelly Taylor Kilpatrick is my handle on Instagram, Kelly Kilpatrick Coach, or on LinkedIn, either one of those three. But the but the but the but the other the other way to find me is to reach out to Jill if you. Jill knows Jill and I talk almost every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we sure do. Jill knows definitely how to find me, and it would be an honor to walk alongside others who have goals and know that those goals can and should be bigger and really like, let's do the math. Let's sit down and do the math together. You know, let's, let's, let's find the place that you belong and let's make a really significant impact by setting a a really important goal for the amount of, financial resources we want to give back to others like that like that's this is my this is my mission now Jill I love it this it's is my so mission good. now but thank you i mean this means this means so much to me Jill that you would have me on today that you would give me the gift of your time because i know time is precious but also give me the gift of the the space to be able to uh, share with others the goodness that you and I are experiencing together along this journey, because you're making me a better person in our connection. And I know I'm making you a better person because our, our connection, there's a lot of reciprocity there. And there are so many others out there that we can impact. So I would love to talk to you know, some folks about 2024 Ahead.
1: Right. Oh, my goodness. Well, I highly recommend. And like I said, she's very humble. Uh, (laughs) She's just a killer. Like she just you have just made so many strides in my life. So totally worth it. Well, thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge with us and coming on here. I so appreciate it. It's just been so helpful. I know that people are going to Um, look at their 2024 goals differently I think um, after this episode and I'm excited about that and I'd love to hear about your experiences and what your goals are for 2024 so email me let me know your goals and we will grow together I hope you found inspiration in Kelly's insights. Connect with Kelly and stay tuned to Life Without Secrets if you want to dive deeper into the world of empowerment, growth, and belonging. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and join us on this journey of self-discovery. Until next time, remember, life is a journey best navigated with authenticity and purpose.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Life Without Secrets. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.